Eric, what's going on, bro? What's happening, Mike? What's happening? Long time, uh, long time coming. Yo, this is like online dating, bro. We've been trying to get together for a year now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't see my DMs as much as I wish. Like I, I, I get a little busy, but uh, I was glad to finally hop on. This is dope. We were patiently waiting for the New York City bars to open up, dude. In <laughs> yeah. March of last year, I'm like, yo, let's go Jack Dempsey's and do this. You're like, okay, yeah. it's a year in the making. We still can't even go to bars yet. I know that's tough. That would have been uh, the perfect spot, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, they had other plans. The world, I guess. Well, well, good morning, because I thought you and I were going to be the only two up at 345 walking, watching Djokovic in the Australia Open. But I was uh, impressed, dude. You put on like a, a quick live stream and you had like a few hundred people in there. Were you surprised at four in the morning people were up watching tennis? Yeah, I mean, well, it is the Aussie Open file, so I guess it's a little more important. And with the pandemic, people aren't doing anything. So, uh, you know, there's the insomniacs out there that like tune in or whatever. But I did it for like a set. And then I was just like, all right, <laughs> if something else exciting happens, I'll hop, I'll hop back on. But I can't do this for three hours straight. Plus, like, I had my roommate, like, sleeping. So, like, I didn't want to, like, be too noisy at four in the morning. And so I, I did what I could. But, yeah, it was nice. I always like doing that stuff. Um, obviously, I never really did it for tennis, but I like doing it for the Yankees much more. Yankees writer, work for Boston, host of the Short Porch Podcast. You live in the dream, man, right? Right. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's worked out pretty well. I don't really know how I got to this point. Like, uh told me like seven years ago i'm gonna be here six years ago sometime ago like not a chance um but yeah no i mean i uh, i don't take a day for granted that's for sure uh every day is it's just like a privilege to wake up and like have this life and be very excited to go to work and not dread it one bit with pitches and catches reporting now it's your busy season now right you're, you're like an yeah accountant now now it's tax season shit's about to get busy yeah, as one of my roommates is an accountant, he's literally like, <laughs> this is he, he's he's trying to just cr- get to Friday and then he's free. But like, yeah, uh, everything gets really busy now. Um, the podcast gets uh, two episodes a week uh, when the season starts. Um, so that really, uh, you know, I'm recording Sundays and uh, Wednesdays or whatever. So <clears throat> very busy there, um, along with all the other stuff. But uh, I mean, to be busy covering baseball and all that, you know, like I'll, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm never, I'm never gonna dread it. Listen, why are you up here in New York? Why are you not down in Florida with pitches and catches? Because, bro, this weather, it's been the worst. You and I both grew up in New York City. You're a Jersey guy. I'm, a, I'm from the city. Dude, this is one of the worst winters of all time. Why aren't you down in Florida podcasting and doing work down there? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the pandemic, uh, partly the reason. And, uh, you know, I, I, we were down in spring training the last two years, um, and it was a blast. Um, well, yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah, we even went down last year. We went right before everything like yeah it went all like everything went crazy like it was like the i think we were down the first week of march because we moved it up because mush had to be back for march madness so we couldn't go we wanted to originally go and if we did go when we originally planned it would have been canceled so like the fact we that we you know we were able to grab um a few interviews with like montgomery and and clark schmidt and and Mike King, and, and um, I think we got maybe there's one, and Talkman or whatever. It was a fun time, but um, g- given the COVID situation this year, I wish I was down there because, yeah, the weather does suck, like big time. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Uh, I- I'm-, I'm okay taking one year off, and hopefully next year everything's back to normal, and I'm back down there, and I can't wait. Jersey boy, where'd you party down the shore? Where'd you hang out? Uh, Belmar. Um, Barre is my spot. <clears throat> um, Osprey I like as well. Uh, so yeah, but, like those spots, I'm not a DJ. Like a DJ is a little too much for me. Yeah, definitely. I'm much, definitely. I'm much more, I was telling this to somebody yesterday who's like not from this area. And I was just like, I'm all about spreading out and like, you know, give me options of what, like, you know, cause it, it, in bar a, you can go inside and it's mm-hmm. like live to live band or whatever. And outside it's more spread out and there's multiple bars and 
you know, there's a lot of people there and all that, but DJs is just like, it's one, it's one switch and it's just like 20 out of 10. You just gotta be, it's just, you can't have a conversation with anybody. So that's just not my speed. Uh, so I'm much more like a bar a guy, but, um, yeah, when I go down Belmar for sure. When you grew up in Jersey, you have a venture up to the city. Were you a city guy? Always hung out down in Jersey. No, whenever, um, whenever we went to the city as like a family, it was a big deal. Like, uh, as a kid, um, you know, we take like a, for my birthday, like we always come up here, we go to the ESPN zone. Yeah. Um, we go to like FAO Schwartz and my, you know, they buy me a bunch of toys and all that. And, uh, and you know, it, and on the rare occasion, me and my dad would go to Yankee games. So that would be cool, but it would always be a trek from Jersey. It's like to get to the Bronx, like, Oh, I know. And, if you I go, know. and, and we'd have to go, um, on the weekends. Uh, so, you know, there was a day game. So we're leaving the house at like 9am or something like that to beat the traffic, um, on the major D and all that. So, um, no, we, we would go, um, here and there. And it was always a spectacle to go to the city. Now, obviously I'm here every day. <laughs> so it's a little different. Why Syracuse? Um, I only applied actually to three schools. Uh, <laughs> what three schools? Let me hear. Uh, Rutgers. So okay. my town, my town is split. So it's like, you either go to Rutgers or Penn state. And I hate Penn State and okay. I, I despise Penn State and Rutgers was just too close to me. And I was like, I need to get out. Like, I don't want to, you know, I, I love my mom and I, you know, I, I'm very close relationship with my mom. But like, if I'm like a half hour away, yeah. she's going to be like, why aren't you here? Like every two weeks or something like that. So I didn't need that. So I wanted to like actually have a, you know, uh, have like a nice like college experience. So um, I love the basketball team. And yeah, that was big for me. That's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about my future. I cared about how's the basketball team? How's the sports team? Like, is this going to be exciting to do? Um, and, uh, and they were always, you know, I was, I was a mellow guy, obviously. Um, you know, I not like I was mellow when he's in the NBA. I wasn't paying attention to college basketball in 2003, but mm-hmm. like, I just always liked those Syracuse teams. Um, and yeah, they, obviously they had the uh, communications department, and all the alumni that come with it. So uh, I went to, uh, I applied to Syracuse. St. John's was the other one which I only really wanted to do because they gave you a free laptop. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Cause like, I don't really have a laptop. Um, but other than that, wasn't probably the, the move there. And uh, I got into Syracuse and I just went, I, I, I accepted without even visiting. I just, I just like, yeah, sure. This is, this has to be better than any of my other options. They're going to take me in. No problem. Let's go to Syracuse. Now, didn't you write a letter to Barstool being like, Hey, I'm the perfect guy for you. This is my dream job. You wrote that letter. Cause I remember you posted it somewhere, didn't you? Yeah. So, um, uh, after school, um, I didn't really have, I had a very subpar GPA, no offers or anything. Um, I wasn't even in the big, um, communications department in Syracuse. I was in like the, the one below it that like, then my, my actual like major is communication rhetorical studies, which is like really nothing to do with like broadcast journalism and any of that stuff. But like the, the, like the trick is like, you can write, communications on your resume for Syracuse and no one will know the difference that you weren't in Newhouse really you that's like a trick that they tell you um so uh but I didn't have any offers or anything and um uh so I took some horrible sales job in the city um cold calling 300 calls a day was terrible um and I I only took because it was good good pay out of school um and uh and it said it was sports related Ended up having not, not, nothing to do with sports. It was actually like the worst place in the world. I wouldn't recommend that in my worst enemy. But after like four months, I was super just down and depressed. And I was just like, this sucks. Like commuting every day to, to the city is cool. Like they like to be in the city, but not for this. Like this is, and I didn't know where I was going to go like after that. And Barstool had uh, just moved uh, that summer, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they had, they had locations and they had writers working from home remotely from New York. 
uh, Chicago, DC, Philly, Boston. And then finally, 2016, um, they got an investment from Chernin. They hired a CEO, Eric Nardini, and everyone kind of moved to New York where they could, you know, further increase their content. So then um, they had an office and they were, you know, they doing their intern run, but I didn't think I was going to stand out. Like, you know, you can talk to me for like a full day. I maybe make you laugh like once or twice, but like, I can't blow you away in an interview mm-hmm. like that, like for content, like that, I, what I bring to the table, I think is just super hard work. Like I'm going to just work my ass off and work harder than you. Um, but you can't really prove that. And like that type of content interview. So I didn't even bother like doing the intern run, but um, Keith Markovich, the editor in chief at the time, um, he was, he went from being a blogger to an editor in chief. So I was like, in my mind, I'm like, and I always like, compared myself that like his style of writing very similar to mine um and um not exactly like a guy who's always in front of the camera uh but like always like working and doing a ton of things so it's like i see myself in him um so i I reached out to him because i knew he wasn't looking for an intern but he definitely needed one with all of his new responsibilities um and i wrote this like whole email to him and poured my heart out whatever and he hit me up for an interview and then uh brought me in and he kind of the rest is history from there and you know he kind of started with no, I started like uh, six months free. I was like, you don't have to pay me or everything. He didn't even know what he wanted me to do. But like, I kind of found things. That's like the beauty of Barcelona. Yeah. Like they don't tell you, this can either work one way or it can either work well or horrible for someone like new to Barstool. It's like you either, you don't get told what to do. So you got to find your own things. Oh, Otherwise, so you didn't go there to be the Yankee guy? No, no. Oh, no. wow. Okay. I started it just, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. Um, I remember like sharing an elevator with Dave, um, one of my like first few days there. And he was like, who are you? Whatever. Um, and I was just like, uh, uh, I'm Keith, I'm Keith's intern. Um, and he's like, what are you, what are you going to do? I'm like, honestly, whatever, whatever he needs, whatever the company needs, whatever it takes, like, just, I just want to get my foot in the door here and then, you know, bust it open and, and, and just seize the opportunity. And he liked that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, for Keith, the first six months I was, whether it was like sitting in on the rundown and like just writing down funny quotes to use in the newsletter for Keith or just making his life as easy as possible. And then slowly but surely more opportunities became, uh, you know, uh, presented to me. And I was doing, I was, uh, he was able to let me write a little bit. I originally wrote about college football, Mm -hmm. which I like, I like college football. Like uh, I like to gamble on it, but, um, it's not a passion for me. Like I like football, but I know baseball. I love baseball. Same thing with tennis, obviously that, that that came way further down the road, but, um, but with baseball, like that's my passion. That's this, that I eventually the Yankees thing came on. Well, really we didn't have like a full-time Yankees guy. We had JJ who was kind of writing um, on the side, like for fun, like not getting paid or anything while he had a real job. And eventually he was moving his whole family to Philly. Um, So I kind of jumped to the opportunity. Like, Hey, like, I think like we can do more with the Yankees here and, and uh, KFC was big in letting me like do that because JJ was his boy or whatever. And then eventually instead of just once a week riding the Yankees, it became twice a week. And then eventually just became the full-time guy and just jumped on it. Um, and then more things came from there uh, with more responsibilities. But um, yeah, that's how I became the Yankees guy. And this is no joke. You're I'm sitting Yankee seats right now. I'm sitting in two seats in the stadium right now. Yankees Love my that. whole life, my first marriage ended because of the Yankees. I would seriously, I was so obsessed with them. Your podcast, The Short Porch, is my go-to Yankee podcast. You know, it's a lot for me, like Francesa back in the day, when the Yankees would have a tough loss, I'd throw in Mike and the Mad Dogs. I needed someone else who loved the Yankees. Your podcast is tremendous. It's one of the best out there. Did you model yourself after a certain show, or who would you uh, grow up listening to? Uh, model ourselves, no. Um, because and I don't like to listen to other Yankees podcasts, not mm-hmm. because I don't like them, but because I don't want to ever, like, um, like subliminally steal something. And, where, and like, that's why like, when I have people on my show, I don't want to listen to old podcasts that they were on. I'm like, oh, I don't want to those questions. I don't want to do the same shit. 
Right, right, right. The only time I'll do that is actually if I've seen a, a similar guest is on a show. I don't want to repeat questions or anything like that. Um, but I no, I, I I don't I don't have I didn't have a plan of how to do the podcast. I never had done a podcast before when it was originally just me and Tommy. Um, and we didn't even like go to Dave and ask to be on the Barstool Network at first because I was like, oh. yo, we're not good enough. Like we're just starting out like I want to get good. So I actually didn't feel comfortable asking Dave for like a full year. Um, uh, we were kind of just doing it like for no, no, um, no, uh, ad reads or anything. We were mm -hmm. just like, we were just wanting to get better. And like, Hey, if it got to a point where people, where they wanted to pick us up, which it did, then I was all about it. And, uh, but uh, uh, worst case scenario, we were just kind of talking to Yankees and we had a little bit of an audience base there, whatever. Didn't really know how many people were listening. Still really don't know how many people were listening, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, didn't really model after anyone, but I, I always listen to, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, obviously on the fan, um, and like, you know, Evan Roberts, uh, big Evan Roberts guy for sure. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like if I was in the car, my dad, I'm listening to the fan for sure. I'm listening to dog. I'm listening to Francesa, um, the schmooze. I like listening to the he's, You know, he was on my show. One of my favorite guests of all time. I love him. He's hilarious. And he's not, he's like, you listen to that voice and then you see him in person. It's like, that's not who I thought that was going to be. Um, but yeah, no, I, the schmooze specifically because, uh, on the way home from Yankee games with my dad, like late at night afterwards he comes on and you just hear him you know whether the yankees win or lose he's got a he's got a funny just a just a way of speaking um so was, those were guys that were definitely in my ear growing up for sure you're a huge yankee fan having guys on the show like tino clint frazier john sterling blow your mind a little bit yeah this the first sterling interview was wild because we got it down it was really funny how we we got it um tommy had so tommy used to work for he was at fordham uh for school and he would have access to the Yankees um, clubhouse for interviews and stuff. He would, he would go and like, as like a media guy for Fordham radio. Um, and, uh, and I think he, he did something with Sterling or he, ha he maybe did an old interview on, on, on like one of their Fordham shows, whatever, with Sterling, he still had his number. And uh, we're down in spring trading and we're like, yo, let's give Sterling a call. And we just gave him a call and he just picked up and he's like, Hello. And it's like, it's like the John, it's like, oh my God, that's John Sterling on the phone. And we were like, hey, John, like, Tommy, Tommy, you know, pretending as if this guy knows, still knows who he is. No way he does. Uh, but he explained a little bit and he's like, hey, we're down here with a podcast. He has no idea what a podcast is at the time. He doesn't know what Barcelona Sports is at the time. But, um, you know, we sounded nice and we were like, hey, we'd love to just interview you for like 20, 30 minutes if you can. He's like, sure. How's four o'clock sound? We're like, oh, okay. Where are you at? Wow. He told us hotel. And we went down there and we, we got situated at one of the tables in like the lobby and, uh, and he just came down and talked to us for like an hour. And it's actually really cool. Like at the end, he like complimented us because like I prepared, like I've never prepared for an interview. I didn't, almost didn't need to prepare. Cause obviously it's John Sterling, you know, everything there is about him. If you're uh -huh. a fan. But um, afterwards he like, we're like at the very end, he like complimented us like, you know what? Like, I didn't know what I was getting into here, but this was awesome. Like you guys were so prepared and all that. It's like a little clip that like is in my head that will never leave. Um, but yeah, it, it, I remember like 20 minutes in when he was just like, we were on a roll with him. He's telling a story, whatever. And I was like, John Sterling's just sitting like two feet away from just me. hanging out this is crazy. And like, we have some awesome players on the, on the show and have built some good relationships that are surreal. And definitely I like, don't realize like how cool that is. But the first Sterling interview, and I say the first, cause we went down in spring the next year and it happened again. Um, <laughs> so, but the first one was really, really cool. We mentioned tennis, that you tweeted about tennis. Give me a sports from baseball all the way down. Give me your top five sports. Um, well, baseball, number one. <laughs> um, I love basketball. I, uh, I've always – I just 
love the sport. Um, I play it uh, like recreationally. Like it's like you, you can't play baseball recreationally as a 27 year old anymore. You can't play football like that. You can play tennis, I guess, but basketball is like, you know, shooting hoops or whatever. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. 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 So like, that's always like, that has a little place in my heart for, for it. So, and I obviously I love the Knicks. So um, basketball is probably like two tennis. I just, yeah. Uh, tennis is probably three um, footballs four. but like, it's not like, not like I'm doing like football dirty. They're like, I watch a lot of football. I love football. I just like never played as a kid because I was just scrawny little white, you know, like my mom would never let me on a football field. I would literally, she like, she wouldn't expect me to come back. She thought I would like probably poof and like, you know, just, you know, smoke or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I love football too, but um, I'd say baseball, basketball, tennis, football. I don't really care about hockey too much. Um, and then the college football and basketball, I watch those too. And I'll, those trickle in with college. Like I watch a ton of college basketball as well. Um, but yeah, I'd say those are the big three and then football four. You made me laugh when you said you went to Syracuse because the basketball program, I grew up in Staten Island and I apply, I'm the biggest Kentucky fan of all time. You see the Calipari ball behind me. I yeah. live and die with Kentucky basketball. I applied to university of Kentucky and my mom's like, listen, you know, we, we don't have a lot of money. I'll get loans and stuff. What do you want to do with Kentucky? And don't tell me the basketball program. And remember this was 99. So they won the championship in 96 beat Syracuse. They lose in 97. They win in 98. So they're on this best. I had no answer for it. So I didn't go there because I had no answer because I can't be like, I want to go there and watch uh, Kentucky. But to roll yeah. Kentucky into the Knicks, bro, we got Julius Randle quickly. Nerlens Noel. Knox isn't really playing. Dude, the Knicks are fun again. Yeah, the Knicks, are, it's just like, sure, they're not a title contender and they're years away from that. But like for the first time in so long, we're 30 games in and they're actually still, I mean, they're the eight seed right now. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're competitive and they, they play fun defense and they, they, they play good team basketball. And it's fun to just have a real coach finally. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously like quickly is a superstar, um, you know, Obi not so much, but give him time. Cause we were willing, we were willing to trash RJ last year and yeah. now Barrett's, you know, he's really coming himself. So to give that guy time, I, I, I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I'm not, not giving up on a guy like that just 30 games into his career. Um, plus he had the injury. So, you know, not going to write him off, but the team is fun. Um, and you know, who knows what they're going to do that you, you hear Bradley Beals, you know, being, you know, they're in on Bradley Beal or whatever. So that would be really cool. I don't know what they'd have to give up, but like, you know, they're starting to get to a point where they're respectable again. And like, maybe a player would want to come again. You just and, said you know, it be like, yeah, you know, with quickly, like, I'm like, do this. someone might want to come play with us with quickly, but like, Hey, I can play with this team now. Dude, all I want to see is a Nick playoff game. Like we get a playoff game. How much fun would that be? That's all we need. It's kind of a, it kind of stinks that this is the year it happens though, because like, I love to be at the garden for some of these games uh, and, and places would just be going nuts. And obviously uh, next week with the Warriors, that's the first game where the garden lend people in. Um, and yeah, you know, I think they have like three home games or whatever. So maybe I'll make my way there, but um, yeah, it, it does suck to not be able to go to the garden, but like, this is a fun, fun enough team for sure. And, you know, they're not going anywhere. Like these, these are all young guys and Tibbs knows what he's doing and they have 50 million in cap next year. Mm -hmm. So they're in a really good spot. Uh, and Randall has really just come into like a superstar mode. Like it's just crazy what, like what he's transformed into in a year. And, you know, we went from like a point to like, Oh, like, you know, hopefully we trade this guy to deadline and get some picks back to like, yeah. uh, we better max this guy in the off season when he's got one year left, like just mm -hmm. give him what he wants. Cause he's still super young and he's like 25, 20. Yeah, he's a baby. So he's a baby. He, yeah, and obviously, you know, I, I expect him to mask him, max him because they're, he's a Kentucky guy. And, like, you know, they're just going to hold on their own. They're not <laughs> trading Kentucky guys. They're going to bring cool. all of them in. So, um, yeah, I, it, it's really exciting what they've, they've, they've turned into. It's a lot of fun to watch.
the one rumor real quick about the Knicks is uh, I know we're going to talk some Yankee baseball is Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, Jersey guy. The rumor in Kentucky basketball, because I'm always on Kentucky basketball down there, that Cat wants to eventually come to New York. That would be the dream scenario. I don't know how we would possibly get him here, but that's the dream, man. Have Cat yeah. here. Imagine that. I've always like been an anti-cat guy for, I just think he's, really? a loser. I think he's just a loser, <laughs> but like, but I just, just like my, I just don't, I just think him and Minnesota are so perfect together. Like it's a loot, but maybe he just needs a change of scenery. That could very well just be it. Like you saw like Wiggins, Wiggins went left Minnesota oh. and he's on Golden State and he's turned into like a, a two-way player for them. <laughs> and like, a, you know, they are like a playoff team partly because of him. Yeah. So, without like, a doubt. Yeah. So I, maybe you can't write cat off, but I, I don't know. I just, Never really loved it. And like when Jimmy Butler came there, they didn't really gel together. And no. I'm a Jim, you know, I'm a Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler is like my perfect type of NBA. Basketball you love player. him. Like, you always like, tweet about him. Like, like work, like that guy just wants to work and win. And he don't care if you're a loser, like just get out of the way and like, you know, let him, let him do his thing. And he'll fight you in practice. Like, I love that. He's got like a little MJ to him. Um, Obviously not the talent, but like the, the mentality for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, get cat out of there and who knows, who knows what happens. You're a big Packers guy. Ever make the pilgrimage to Lambeau? Don't. Um, no, uh, I had plans to. Um, obviously, tough as a kid, uh, you know, like to get your dad to take you to Green Bay for a weekend or whatever. And he's not a Packers fan himself. But um, I did have plans a couple of years ago to go with my cousin and a bunch of his friends. His bunch of friends friends happened to be Packer fans. And it was for Saints Packers. And um, and we had we were going to fly to Chicago and then drive up. We had Airbnbs and all we had to do basically was buy the ticket and the plane, the plane ticket and the actual game ticket. But we had the Airbnb set up and it ended, I want to say it was 2018, um, uh, October and the, the Yankees had, you know, were making their run or whatever. And I was like, I can't go to, I can't go to green Bay with, with like, you know, the Yankees are my content, obviously like Packers too, but like, you know, I, the Yankees aren't my job at this point. So I, I can't do this. So I had the bail. Turns out Rodgers gets hurt, doesn't play in the game. And I think they almost got shut. They got shut out in the first half and they got blown out by the Saints. It would have been the worst first experience to Lambeau ever. Um, so I've got so thank God. But I've got to, got to make my way up there. Um, obviously soon, maybe next year, who, who knows. But uh, I'm very happy that wasn't the first time because if I made a whole trip up there to not see Aaron Rodgers, a I mean, waste. I would have been absolutely miserable so i'm very i'm very happy that didn't happen you mentioned jersey split in half you, you know your town Rutgers and penn state it's also yankees or phillies so obviously you went to the yankees who were you guys growing up yeah uh you mean like my favorite yankees growing favorite up? yankees favorite moments what made you become a yankee fan got it um well my dad I, my dad put me in, in like yankee calls like literally yeah. like day two of life or day one of life like i was just uh, obsessed with it he's a big yankee fan Actually, my town is more like dead. People say, like, oh, you're from North Jersey or South Jersey. I'm actually just from Central Jersey. Like, I don't know. If you look at Menalpin on a map, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just Central New Jersey. Like, I know people say it doesn't exist, but it does. Um, but there's actually not a lot of Philly fans from my town. It's it's actually pretty Yankees Mets split, I would say. Okay. Um, but guys growing up, I mean, obviously, like, I wanted to just do anything and everything Derek Jeter did and handle my – like. You know, if I'm taking a math test, I want to do it the way Derek Jeter did. You know, I want to hand in the exact same way. Like, you know, like if, gym class, like we're playing, whatever we're doing. Like, I just want to pretend I'm Derek Jeter and like doing it the right way, the Derek Jeter way. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I was obsessed with him. Uh, but as I grew a little older, Matt Suey was my guy. Like, I would really? go, oh, I'd go to war for her deck. Okay. People always say it's a popular podcast question. Like, do you bring any guy back from the 09 team to this team? 
what would you say? I, I, I always just, because A-Rod's such a cop out, like, okay, yeah, yeah he's a, he's A-Rod. He was like the MVP, you know, he, he took, put the team on his back in the 09 postseason. And obviously Derek Cheater is Derek Cheater. Um, and some people say CC too, but for me, the like the Matsui, like, like that's a dude who, whenever he came up against Red Sox, I know Red Sox fans were petrified of that guy because he's the most like even keel dude. You never know if he's nervous at the plate. He's got that like simple batting stance and he just destroys you, just absolutely annihilates you. No matter if you pitch lefty or righty, he's just going to smack you around. Um, one of the clutchest players I've, I've ever come across, um, and uh, I'm I'm bummed that like I didn't have a Yankees podcast when Hideki Matsui was rolling around because I would have just been obsessed with him. Uh, but he was he was my guy. I, I loved Godzilla so much. That guy was, and obviously Roger Clemens on the pitching side. Anytime he was pitching, like I almost got frosted tips as a kid. Uh, <laughs> be like Roger Clemens, and then I think I suggested my dad, and he debated like disowning me. But um, but I loved watching uh, Clemens pitch. He was incredible. You were on the forefront of anti-Astros because their cheating was unprecedented and you have such a following 80,000 or 100,000 followers whatever you tweet and which I love about you now because you're you're a regular dude from Jersey and yet you tweet how a hardcore Yankee fan you didn't go corporate on everybody and you were on the forefront of like dude this cheating was unprecedented what they did without Tuve did and stuff are you worried this year that the fans not Yankee fans are going to forget a little bit because last year was going to be the Astros FU tour are you going to feel kind of it's going to fade away a little bit or no not a chance it's just, there's no there's so much anger still uh and, and it's just it that will never stop and um it does it's a little bit of a bummer that they're kind of you know obviously well Garrett Cole's never associated with it but like Verlander's down obviously with the Tommy John uh Springer's in Toronto you know, there's, it's over. They're running. I mean, they're, they're running. Maybe they can sneak out like one more division title, but like for all intents and purposes, they're done. Um, that being said, Jose Altuve is still on the Houston Astros and that guy will get booed every single second. He's on the field <laughs> or, at the, or at the plate. Uh, that will never stop. Carlos Correa is like literally one of the more insufferable human beings on the planet. <laughs> that will never stop. Um, and this is it. This is the last year for him. He's a free agent unless they bring him back. So we really got to get our licks in right now. Um, so those two guys, as long as they're on the team, that hatred will never, ever stop. It will just be a war. If they come to the Bronx and there's fans in the stands, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. With pitches and catches reporting, we're always, it doesn't matter if we're predicted to win 40 games, you're pumped up for it. Are you confident and excited? Not just excited because the season's starting confident that we're going to make a legit run to the world series year at number 20. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the favorites to win the, the American league, no doubt as they are almost every year, but, um, Seemingly everyone got worse besides the Blue Jays and the White Sox, um, which I we were kind of afraid like that that would render the Yankees complacent. Like we don't have to do a whole lot here uh, because everyone just got worse. Like the Rays mm -hmm. lost Snell and Morton and yeah. Alvarado and all that, you know. So why do we have to go nuts if they're just going to get worse? And I hate that mentality. It's not the Yankees mentality. Granted, now two months ago I was terrified. I don't know what they were going to do. You know, like uh, where's DJ? Why is DJ the, the, the DJ thing was keep me up at night. Yeah, I think it was keeping a lot of the players up too, and uh, like Luke Voigt specifically. But listen, <laughs> they got it done, and they got it done in a really good number too. I'm thrilled about it. The more mm -hmm. years, the better for me, as far as I'm concerned. I'm there. I'm not. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to age very well as a Yankee with his game. Uh, but I love what they did uh, with the starting pitching. As, as it pains me to say, it was time to move on from Tanaka. Um, although I will say now they're going to dead into baseball again. And that's kind of what screwed him was when they juiced the ball. He could never find his, his splitter. Literally, mm -hmm. his favorite pitch was just gone. He could never find it again. And his ERA went up because of it. But, I mean, he, you know, it, it sucks to see him go. And that, that's a guy that 
that's a guy that I hate the Houston Astros so much for. Because he deserves a ring. They robbed him Mm -hmm. in 2017. Uh, Like, he deserved that. Like, it's just, oh, it. It, that's a dude that just it's, it's illogical the matrix is broken that he didn't get a world series ring and it's because of houston and that just that just kills me but um as for this year i love what they did with tyon um obviously kluber is a guy i wanted from the beginning i thought it was the, the ultimate uh low risk uh mm-hmm. high reward situation and um he was uh doing his rehab with cressy um so the yankees know better than anyone how this guy is feeling physically right now um, and it's got to be pretty good because they gave him a good number. Uh, they gave him, you know, the $10, $11 million. Uh, but him and Tyone are really good to add to this rotation. And then you get Seve back in August. And if if those four guys are cooking, that's a really good rotation with Garrett Claw obviously leading the way. And then in the fifth spot, you can go, you know, De- obviously Debbie's still here. Debbie's not going anywhere. Clark Schmidt. Like, they have depth. And, and you know what, the Yankees, every single year, the injury is just going to happen. Of I don't know what it is. But uh, it's good to have the depth they have with this rotation. I'm super excited about it. So, yeah, I, I like what they did. Couldn't do a whole lot offensively because mainly Giancarlo Stanton is not going to play the outfield anymore in his Yankee career. So he has to be your DH. Yeah. And that really kind of handcuffs what you can do because, like, you know, some Yankee fans don't like the way Luke Floyd plays defense. I think he's getting better kind of every year. And I love Luke Floyd. You know, I'm like the number one Luke yeah, Floyd Yeah, oh, I know you are. But, uh, but you can't put him as your DH if you have Giancarlo Stanton. So, you know, and then you can't get, uh, you know, people obsessed over the right-handedness of the lineup and like, oh, we want a lefty first baseman or all that. We wanted, they wanted Josh Bell from Pittsburgh. Where you can't do, keep all these guys because Stanton has to be your DH. So him being the DH kind of handcuffed. And if you're going to keep LeMahieu, you can't just keep Stanton, keep Voight, and keep LeMahieu and change the lineup. It's actually can't go really anywhere. So, but I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm totally fine with this offseason. And obviously I love the bullpen moves too. Darren O'Day. Yo, they think, and yeah. I was an Adovino guy. He didn't, he never lived up to what I want him to be. I loved Adovino because when he was on, he was lights out, but he wasn't on too much. Yeah, his first year in the Bronx, was, his regular season was excellent. I think he had like a point eight ERA, yeah, but yeah. It fell fell apart in the playoffs, and he wasn't a good playoff pitcher in Colorado either. Just might be a thing with him. Um, super talented, but for the money they were paying him, if you're able to give away Adovino and bring in what they did uh, with that extra money. Um, you know, because w- w- with that extra money, they brought in Tyon, they brought in Justin Wilson, um, and they brought in O'Day and Gardner. So those four guys to Adovino. Adovino might have a bounce back year. There's so many guys who had bad years in 2020 because of the abbreviated spring training in the summer and all that. Totally understandable. Um, you know, they, like guys like Mike Ford and Mike Talkman, you might see them just bounce back in 2021 because 2020 was just like, there were so many, Yelich had a bad year. Yeah. All across the board, people had bad years. So, um, but with Adovino, if you can get rid of that eight million, and yeah, he might come back, but these four guys they brought in with his money, all about it. One concern I really have, let me hear your opinion on it with the with the pitching staff, bullpen, everything. We have a bunch of wild cards, obviously. Kluber, all these guys. With the shortened season, these guys only threw 80, 70, 90 innings last year. Are you worried to make the jump from 80 to listen? We know Cole's gonna be a savage, he'll be fine. Are you worried with the 80 up to 160, 180 with the innings pitch? You think it might yeah. be bullpen games all the time? For sure. Um, and Cole will probably be like one of the handful of guys mm-hmm. in the, across the whole league that like doesn't care. And he still goes 200 innings. <laughs> like, but everyone else, especially like Kluber and Ty and who haven't pitched in two years, that's where the depth that I was talking about really plays in. Like, you know, uh, Clark Schmidt, Mike King, Debbie, you know, those guys, maybe even Luis Medina, whatever, who the fuck knows what's going on with Domingo Herman. But, uh, but like, those are guys that like, 
they they provide good depth for this uh, for the starting rotation because yeah, you can't ask Corey Kluber to pitch 160 innings in 2021. Just can't do it. Can't probably do it. Tying either. If you can, if you can probably get, if you can get 260 innings from those two guys, I mm-hmm. think you take it. I think that would be. I'd sign up for that. That's right a good number. Now. Okay. Yeah, I think co- combined with those guys, 260 innings, and that might be a high number. But if you can get to 260, that would be awesome. And then you got Seve in August. And obviously Jordan Montgomery too. After forgetting him, he's excellent. I, I'm a big Montgomery guy. Um, so the depth with this starting rotation is going to be very, very necessary. And uh, and then they have it. Worried about Gary Sanchez at all? This is it. I mean, this is it for him. Um, I hated that offseason quote he gave to Marley Rivera, uh, saying like he wasn't sure why he was benched. I mean, dude, Oof. you were like the worst player in the league. The worst last player year. in baseball, really. Yeah, like, I don't know what you can see. You were hitting literally 100. At one point in the year, I think through his first 100 at-bats, he had 50 strikeouts. Very hard to do. Um, You know, putting up, like, just terrible at-bats, one after the other, having no chances. The power is always going to be there, but can't be if you hit 180. So if he can hit 220 to 230, that's all I'm asking. He's like an all-star if he hits 230. Like, that's how how much talent he brings offensively, like, with his – with his bad power bat is just exceptional for a catcher, like something we've never seen, but you got to hit more than 180. So uh, this is it for him. I mean, this is, this. I, I said that they shouldn't have named him the starting catcher going to spring training and make him earn it. You know, whether that's going on behind the scenes or not, I have no idea, but you got Shioka's here. Um, they Brian Robertson, Torino's too. Um, so yeah, there's me guys pushing him a little bit. Obviously he's the guy to lose, you know, it, it's his job to lose, but this is it in terms of like, is he the catcher of the future or not? Because they do have the, they're not ready yet, but they've got guys. They've got Anthony Siegler. Yeah. They got guys um, in the pipeline. Yeah. They've got Austin Wells that they just drafted. These guys will be there in like two years. So like, you know, that's the future, but can Gary, you know, hold those guys off for the next couple of years remains to be seen, but he's got a lot of work to do, but I do like that. He worked in the winter and he went, he went to winter ball. He went to the Dominican, like takes a lot for a veteran who's been in the league for four or five years like him to go down there because it's like almost like a, a pride thing. You know, it's like, I don't need me. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I was an all, I'm an all-star. I don't need to go to winter ball, but it's like, you know what? That was actually a really like mature thing to do. And, I, and uh, who knows if that was him doing it or if it was someone else telling him, Hey, this is the right move, but I like that he did it. So um, I just always say this, like the lineup does not hit its potential without Gary's like, obviously he needed to be benched in the playoffs. Yeah. No doubt about it. He couldn't play. Agashioka had the hot bat. He was catching Cole. Well, had to go to it. No brainer move. But Gary Sanchez not being that lineup limits the Yankees' potential in the lineup because when Gary's going, everything else falls Oof. into place. When he's going in the six or seven hole, and you got guys above him, obviously the DJ Lemay, here's Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stan, Glaber, Voigt, and then you have Gary mashing. So it's an unbeatable lineup. But when he's not going, then it's like, oh, let's just get to the seven hole, whatever. Maybe like you know, they have weaknesses. But if Gary's mashing at the seven hole and you have Aaron Hicks in there, it's like, I don't know how you pitch the lineup. So it, the whole. I don't want to say the whole season relies around him, but like he needs, he needs to step up and, and go back to being not scary Gary. Cause we really need it. One more question about this season. You, you said you were okay with not getting left-handed bat. The whole internet wanted uh Brantley. Everyone wanted him. You, you weren't that upset when he, when he didn't come, I was really upset. I think we needed a bat and to get Jay Bruce for me. That was like, I did want a left-handed bat in here. You didn't really, you don't think it's that important. <sighs> it is. But like I said, like, there wasn't a whole lot of like, where are you playing Brantley? I like, see that's because I Clint Frazier's my left Clint has to play. No, it's not even up for debate anymore. So Clint's my left fielder. So, and, and that was, I think 
like people saying is like, all right, let's trade Clinton. We bring in Brantley. Brantley's older. He's like 35. He is injury prone too. He has a ton of injuries recently. Um, obviously, he is like the outfield version of DJ LeMahieu in terms of like contact and all that. No strikeouts. I just love no striking yeah, out. That was my biggest for sure. Point. For sure, he's like that type of guy. But I'm not trading Clint Frazier. Aaron Hicks is my center fielder right now, and Judge is in right. Obviously, if injuries will happen with this team, and there would be a moment probably like, oh, you know, thank God we have Brantley. But like going into the season, unless you're making a massive trade, unless Luke Voigt's being traded or whatever like that, which I'm not happening, um, then I didn't really see a spot for Brantley. And obviously, yeah, I'd love to have some lefties in there, but it, I don't know. It doesn't really kill me as much as other people because these guys do go to the opposite field and that's where they, they feast on the short porch and all that. Like DJ Mayhew. It's essentially just a lefty. <laughs> he just hits the ball on the right side. If, if, I always say, like, if you're, if you're watching a game, they're on the road, and you're three minutes late to the start, there's a good chance DJ's on first base after a hit through the right side uh, to lead off the game, and you just missed it, and you just assume that happened. So, um, no, he's incredible, and, and they do have a good opposite field approach. And that is also another thing with Gary. It's like when Gary's right, he's going the right center. He's not pulling the ball. Right center, he's letting the ball travel and go out there. So, I don't know. It, it should probably hurt me uh, or, you know, upset me that we don't have as many, many more lefties as we do. Um, but it doesn't because I do like the lineup we have. In a couple of years, we're going to have a lefty up there. The hype surrounding the Martian. Have you ever? Now, remember, we're Yankee fans. And I always tell people this. We don't have the luxury or and it's a stupid luxury because we're spoiled. We never have like, oh, in three years, the kids coming up in two yeah. years, the kids. We don't have that because we always trade them away, which is fun, which I'd rather trade them away to win now to have Jason is. It's special watching this kid batting practice. It's not even normal with this the hype around this kid, right? Yeah, and like along with being a Yankee fan, no one's patient. It's right now. How are we winning right now? How many people, people are like, dude, why isn't he playing? I'm like, no, no, he's so far away. Dominguez is so far away from being ready to play. He hasn't seen one minor league pitch, and people <laughs> like people want him starting a center field in, in, in April. But um, he, he listen, like the the things you you just have never heard of like hype around a Yankees prospect quite like that, like. You didn't hear this about Aaron Judge. Like, Never, no, knew, nothing. You just knew he was like this really tall dude who hit really far runs, but like he would strike out a ton. It's like, ah, oh, we'll see, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you had there was a lot of potential with you know Delvin Batances or whatever when he was coming up, and um, you know Phil Hughes had that, but but it was never even close to what you're hearing about Jason Dominguez. And there's a reason Cashman spent the most he's ever had on international free agent. You know, they they knew about this kid. Mm-hmm. They you know he's named after Jason Giambi, and it's like it's like he has all the makings of just you know his <laughs> on top of like all this power being a switch hitter he's also like a 70 speed tool you know like it's it's imaginary like what he is so i i want i i'm hoping he makes his way up to um the high a team the hudson valley renegades this year because it's only like an hour and a half from the city i would i would go to that i i i've, I've said in the podcast like in a normal season with no pandemic like those games that he plays and should be treated like LeBron James high school games. Oh, like, people will go there. Yeah, they'll, they'll be cameras there all the time. Not just people. Like, I I want, like, every seat would be filled, standing room only, like, for, like, it would be like a team just hitting, like, an absolute gold mine uh, with ticket sales or whatever, like, everywhere he goes. And I can't even imagine, you know, and, and it's 2021, so I guess you can project maybe talent of 2023, probably 2024 when he actually gets here because – Granted, I mean, he's just still so young. Uh, he's only he just turned 18 years old. So, um, you know, 20 when he's 20, 21, I guess that's when you see him. But I can't even imagine what his debut is going to be like, because like you, you've seen like the Bryce Harper debut, the Steven Strasburg debut, Manny Machado, Aaron Judge, all that. But like, it's nothing compared to this dude. I mean, like, and it's, it's our own fault. Of course Jeff it Patton's is. Fault. Jeff Patton's fault. It's my fault. It's like, <laughs> you know, we, we eat up these quotes about him. and It's like hard not to. 
You compare a guy to Mickey Mantle and Bo Jackson and Mike Trout. I mean, what do you want me to do? His nickname's The Martian. What do you like? Of course, I'm going to dream about this guy. So I can't wait, but obviously, I have to wait because it's going to be at least two years. Ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? Yeah, let's do it. You and I are hanging out in a bar in New York City. Who's the coolest cat in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back? You want to press everyone there? Well, Dave would probably text me back, but okay. he wouldn't be happy. <laughs> you don't want to bother Dave Portnoy. Um, who would text? I Floyd would probably answer. So that would be that's. I mean, I, I'm gonna go right to Yankees there. I don't really know that many cool people. Obviously, my boss is a celebrity, is a yeah. superstar celebrity. But um, yeah, Voight, I feel like one sporting moment, any sport you wish you could have witnessed live. Um. Um. Okay. Um, witness live. Let's go Tino's Homer in the World Series in 01. Um, okay. To, that was like, Wolf Kim, tie, yeah. Yeah, to tie it. Like, that was crazy. Like, that's a moment I, I know, obviously, lost the world. That, that World Series never made sense to me how they lost it. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. It just, it just makes no sense in, in like the, the Matrix or the Matrix is broken there, too. But, uh, that home run to like lift this city. And I guess Brocious is, Brocious might have been like more surreal because it happened again. <laughs> Like he's like, how is this going on? It's like one of those two moments because that's old Yankee Stadium, like at its like mm-hmm. peak, like literally about to like shaking. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been insane to just be at, I feel like. Dream podcast guest. Doesn't have to be a Yankee. Dream podcast guest. Um I think I mean we'll get him at some point. I am in his time in the Yankee. I want Garrett Cole so badly. Um Obviously, I could say Judge, but I don't think Judge will give us anything, like, no. too fun. I think Cole, when you get him going, like, I think he's a very interesting cat. And, like, I, I love, like, his his just appreciation for baseball and, like, how he can break down, like, like you just get him going about pitching, he'll never stop. So, um, Cole, for sure. And then I, I guess if you branch out further, obviously, I have to say Derek Jeter. And, like, a dream, like, unfiltered Derek Jeter, where, like, oh, that's yeah. actually the dream. So, um, I don't know, how can you not say that? Best baseball movie of all time. Uh, uh, my my go-to is for the love of the game uh with costner okay. uh that that is um i it's just uh, i obviously kelly preston i love rest in peace she passed away <laughs> like last year but um i love that movie john c Riley's the catcher hilarious but also just a really just good plot good story that's a movie i'll, I'll rewatch. that's like the rewatchability of that movie for me is just so high obviously i can go with like you know you know, Field of Dreams, Major League, all that. There's so many good baseball movies out there, but that one just gets me. It does suck that he's against the Yankees, that yeah. he, you know, that he throws his perfect game. But um, I don't know. I, I can appre- I can put that to the side a little bit um, to just appreciate how good of a movie that is. You have your own apartment in New York City. The Hall of Fame says, Eric, we can give you one piece of memorabilia you can have. What's one baseball memorabilia piece you would love to display in your house? Huh. I have no memorabilia. Like, I'm not a, like a memorabilia guy. No, me either. I got the Yankee seats. I got the Calipari Bowl and a couple of things, but I'm not a memorabilia guy. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually just started putting out, like, I put, I have a Derek Jeter, like, canvas out. That's, like, the first time I put up, like, <laughs> a painting in, like, Mar- I didn't do anything in college either. Um, memorabilia. Um, probably Jeter's 3,000th. Okay. I, can, I mean, that was just such a, a cool thing to have. But I could probably, if you if I really thought about it, I'd probably come up with something like from the way back yeah. past or whatever, but I'll go off like something that was cool to me recently. Uh, you know, Derek Jeter's 3000 ball. I mean, that, that thing was just, that's just history there. From like April to June, we had no sports guys like you and I, that's our entire life. What's one show you were watching during the quarantine that you, no one would think you would ever be watching. I watched the 181 episodes of gossip girl in two weeks. <laughs> um, I had, I, I, I don't know. I, it just, it got out of hand quick and I just kept hitting next episode, next episode, next episode. And 
Uh, yeah, I was on a Blake Lively kick with her movies, and I was like, I've never seen Gossip Girl. Let me check it out. And one episode, and I was like, oh, I'm never going to actually stop watching this. And I watched 181 episodes in two weeks. So, yeah, Hub, that, that's it. Hubs, give the plug where everyone can find you, follow you, read your stories, and all that jazz. Yeah, uh, on Barstool, I blog under Hubs. Uh, we've got the podcast, The Short Porch. You find that on Apple, iTunes, uh, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, on Instagram, Eric Hubs. Uh, Twitter, at, at Barstool Hubs. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just pumping out content. Everything's going to get ramped up too. Oh, we also have our YouTube. Uh, we have a good YouTube page uh, for the Short Porch. We're posting all our like, video content from the show on there. And we've been like really ramping that up lately. So um, yeah, check all that out. And uh, yeah, I appreciate having me on, man. Yeah, I don't have Instagram. I went, I scrolled it. I saw you hanging out with Tom Brady. I said, this guy got way too cool for everybody. Hanging out with Tom Brady at the game. Come on, man. That, that was an interesting little little thing that happened there where uh, <laughs> this, this, uh, this dude who basically runs Syracuse, his name's Adam Weitzman. He invited me up. And he goes, you have no idea. He, he's just a big Syracuse dude. And I think I wrote a blog about him, like, how he's just always hanging out with really cool people. And he's like, yeah, you want to come up for a game? And I was like, yeah, sure. How about, like, the UNC game in February? This is right before, actually, we went to the spring training last year, um, right before the pandemic all happened. And uh, he's like, you won't believe who's coming to the game tomorrow. I'm like, who? Oh, you're just going to find out. And it was Tom Brady and Jimmy Fallon. So it was like, and, and Julian Edelman. So it was a, a wild situation for sure. Hubs, listen, this was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was a little different. I know a lot of the shows you do is just 24-7 Yankees. I want to get a little bit of your backstory, but yeah, for sure. We're gonna do it live because dudes I work with are gonna be pissed that we did it on Skype. They want to hang out with you. They love your shit. They love your content. And uh can't wait to kick it with you, brother. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me. I'm happy to do it. Sorry it took so long. Uh, I'm, I'm bad with my phone sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy we did it. Yeah, we'll have to do it live again soon. Thanks, brother. I'll talk to you soon, my man. Absolutely. All right, bro. Take care.